Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, or as we say, story weavers, from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. So grab a beverage, sit with us, and remember, steal everything, and have fun. No. Welcome to another episode of This Dungeon is Occupied. This is part two of the wizard subclasses in the player's handbook, PHB. We're going to attempt to finish the last five of the schools since we don't have to do any of the intro stuff. So we're doing the School of Enchantment, Evocation, Illusion, Necromancy, and Transmutation. Enchantment. As a member of the School of Enchantment, you have honed your ability to magically entrance to magically entrance. Entrance, sorry, my bad. And draw other people and there monsters. There you go. <laughs> Some enchanters are peacemakers who bewitch the violent to lay down their arms. However, more importantly, some are cruel. Um, others are tyrants who magically bind the unwilling into their service. Most enchanters fall somewhere in between. Unless you're me. Yeah, we know that already. <laughs> we know that. Yeah. Yep, that's me. Unwilling to their service. Yep, that's you. And again, like like the rest of the schools, it has an enchantment savant. Beginning when you select this school at second level, the golden time you must spend to copy an enchantment spell into your spellbook is halved. Always a good thing if you're going to be doing a wizard because it it can cost a lot of money. Yep. To put spells in your spellbook. Yeah. This is way it is and i would argue if you're doing a homebrew class or any of the other classes and it doesn't have savant just put it in there it doesn't hurt anything to put the savant in there also at second level hypnotic gaze when you choose this school your soft words and enchanting gaze can magically enthrall another creature as an action choose one creature that you can see within five feet of you if the target can see or hear you it must succeed on a wisdom save throw against your wizard spell dc or be charmed by you until the end of your next turn the charmed creature's speed drops to zero and the creature is incapacitated and visibly dazed on subsequent turns you can use your action to maintain this effect uh extending this duration until the end of your turn however the effect ends if you move more than five feet away from the creature if the creature can neither see nor hear you, or if the creature takes damage. Once the effect ends, or if the creature succeeds on its initial saving throw against the effect, you can't use this feature on that creature again until you finish a long rest. All of that saying, it's CC'd and it it's can't move. Yeah, pretty much. And it almost it almost reminds me of like a Vampire's Thrall. Yeah. That's, that's just kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah instinctive charm beginning at six level when a creature you see within 30 feet of you makes an attack roll against you you can use a reaction to divert the attack provide that provided the other creature is within the attack's range the attacker must make a wisdom saving throw against your spell save dc on a failed save the attacker must target the creature that is closest to you or closest to it sorry not including you or itself if multiple creatures are closest the attacker chooses which one to target on a successful save you can't use this feature on the attacker again until you finish a long rest. You must choose to use this feature before knowing whether the attack hits or misses. Creatures that can't be charmed are immune to this effect. 
So basically, just throw a bunch of devils at them. Well, yeah, you're you're trying to tell people how to to counteract an yeah. enchantment wizard. But, um, <laughs> there was a funny story. My friend had a my friend had a campaign, a really high level campaign, and I made a siren like type character who was a bard and focused on solely doing enchantment. Um, I got I I missed the memo where we were going into like fight devils. I was I was so useless. It's funny. I tried really hard yeah, to find a way much. around it, but I couldn't. <laughs> there was nothing I could do. Um, Literally, just not yeah, use just any like, of your actual subclass. <laughs> just yeah, like, I took all the different spells. <laughs> like this character yeah, is took, so cool, but so useless. In with me too. Like all of my spell list was charm spells, and I could not use any of them with them. God, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, next at 10th level is split enchantment. When you cast an enhancement spell of first level or higher that targets only one creature, you can have it target a second. Which personally, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's cool. Because, I mean, anytime you can attack one and also have it affect another is is any is always better. Yeah. I mean, honestly. And then last but not least, the 14th level alter memories you gain the ability to make a creature unaware of your magical influence on it when you cast an enchantment spell to charm one or more creatures you can alter one creature's understanding so that it remains unaware of being charmed additionally once before the spell expires you can use your action to try to make the chosen creature forget some of the time it spent charmed the creature must succeed on an intelligence saving throw against your spell DC or lose a number of hours of its memory equal to one plus your charisma modifier, obviously minimum of one. You can make the creature forget less time and the amount of time can't exceed the duration of your Ow. enchantment spell. That's that's fun RP. Oh, yeah, definitely. Anytime you can alter memories, Terrible. I mean, come on. Yeah. And I will tell listeners, we apologize. This wizard is a lot. It's a lot of reading. It was. There's yeah. a there's a lot of it put into the explanations of these, uh, like these features. And I apologize Re for my phone. How <laughs> dare you? How dare you? Thorne? How dare you? Thorne? How dare you I have know, damn it. people messaging you things? Yeah. What is that fairy box? Um, uh, I I don't know. I enchantment is cool to me in the concept uh reading the paragraphs i give the paragraphs a six out of ten why do we not like to read <laughs> it's, it's not it's about not the reading bad. it's just it it seemed more complicated than it needed to be to explain it but There's i understand why they had to in in wizards in general this is my opinion in wizards in general there's a lot of complicated okay, mechanics that go with it I don't want all the layers. Okay. I don't want all the layers. <laughs> it's just, it's just complicated mechanics. Yeah. And, well, to me, because I'm the main. better. It's easier. So go ahead, start the school Evocation. of evocation. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, you focus your study on magic that creates powerful elemental effects such as bitter cold, searing flame, trolling thunder, crackling lightning, and burning acid. Yeah, I said trolling thunder because whatever. Um, some invokers find employment in military forces, serving as artillery to blast enemy armies from afar. 
others use their spectacular powers to protect the weak, while some seek their own gains as bandits, adventurers, or aspiring tyrants. I love that last one. I'm an aspiring tyrant. I don't know if you know this, listeners, but I'm an aspiring tyrant, and I'm slowly building my kingdom up. Yeah, we we, we know that. We, we know that. Okay, so yeah. Evocation Savant, same as the rest of them. It has the the cost of learning new evocation spells yep. and it's going to be like this on every one of them so yep also at second level sculpt spells you can create pockets of relative safety within the effects of your evocation spells when you cast an evocation spell that affects other creatures that you can see you can choose a number of them equal to one plus the spell's level the chosen creatures automatically succeed their saving throws against the spell, and they take no damage if they would normally take half damage on a successful save. Yay! It's the friendly fire feat. If you have friends in your spell range, you don't have to worry about hitting them with that but fireball. But let's be honest, though. Because they're not going to take damage. Playing a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part. Milo. <laughs> Potent cantrip. <laughs> Starting at sixth level, your damaging cantrips affect each creature that avoid the brunt of the effect. When a creature succeeds on a saving throw against your cantrip, the creature takes half the cantrip's damage, if any, but suffers no additional effects from the cantrip. That's nice. I like. Yeah, that. It, it it's handy, and I'm not gonna lie. I thought it said potent cantrip. It's can- very potent cantrip. So, hey, that's me. empowered evocation beginning at 10th level you can add your intelligence modifier to one damage roll of any wizard evocation spell you cast again anytime you can buff your spells do so yeah exactly you need to buff spells and and that's it's only one spell but trust me it can make a difference yeah especially i mean wizards with the usually their intelligence modifier and their wisdom are pretty high uh so adding, you know, anything from three to five damage, it, that's nice. <laughs> it really counts. Over channel, starting the fourteenth level, starting at fourteenth level, you can increase the power of your simpler spells. When you cast a wizard spell of first through fifth level that deals damage, you can deal the maximum damage with that spell. Nice. The first time you do so, you suffer no adverse effects. If you use this feature again before you finish a long or short, before you finish a long rest, actually, you take two d twelve necrotic damage for each level of a spell immediately after you cast it. Ew. Each time you use this feature again before finishing a long rest, the necrotic damage per spell increases by one d twelve. The damage ignores resist- resistance and immunities. Ew. I, I love this. It's, it's I absolutely great, love it. But it's oof. great RP. <laughs> it's awesome RP because you got a wizard that can sacrifice himself to save his groups. Oh yeah. So anytime you have a self-sacrifice uh, po- portion of that feature, and it just makes her so good RP because it it ramps up the drama. So drama is sure. good RP. So I mean I like it a lot. Yeah. Evocation is one of the ones that I like a lot, so I give it an 8 out of 10. I give it a 2 out of 10. <laughs> I'm the same, but that, that was pretty much my rating for every one of them. Rude. You're going to like this no. one. The illusion? Yeah. <laughs> you ever you ever wanted to dazzle people's senses, befuddle their mind, and trick even the wisest folks? Well, the I do that illusion. At, I do that as a con man, so... 
<laughs> yeah, well, the School of Illusion has all the tools you'll need. Your very own illusionist kit. And on top of that, you can be an entertainer or a trickster. Or you can be a master of deception. I'd rather be a rogue. So, <laughs> illusion savant, of course. You know, same thing. Half, blah, blah, blah. Illity. Improved minor illusion at level two. You learn the minor illusion cantrip. If you already know this cantrip, you learn a different wizard cantrip of your choice. The cantrip doesn't count against your number of cantrips known, and when you cast Minor Illusion, you can create both a sound and an image with a single casting of the spell, which is nice. A little buff to the Minor Illusion spell. Yeah, because it's it's one or the other in the, reg the regular Minor Illusion spell, right? Yep. Yeah, you just have to choose. So this one, you so, get to do both. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. You also have Malleable Illusions. Starting at 6th level, you can cast an illusion spell that has a duration of 1 minute, or when you cast an illusion spell that has a duration of 1 minute or longer, you can use your action to change the nature of that illusion using the spell's normal parameters for the illusion, provided that you can see the illusion. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's not bad. It's kind of a blah blah. Next is Illusory Self. And I think I said that right. Beginning at 10th level, you can create an illusory duplicate of your yourself in an instant. Almost instinctual reaction to danger. When a creature makes an attack roll against you, you can use your reaction to interpose the illusory du duplicate between the attacker and yourself. The attack automatically misses you, then the illusion dissipates. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish your short or long rest. So it's almost like uh, Doctor right. Strange with the... Uh, his million selves and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not bad. Be. It's handy. Yeah. Because you are a time. glass cannon. <laughs> if you me. get hit, you will die. Unless you play a war mage, which we'll get to later. This is later. This is a this isn't a war mage. This is an illusion mage. Listen. He hides behind pretty pictures. I I do. <laughs> illusory reality by 14th level you have learned the secret of weaving shadow magic into your illusions to give them a semi uh, semi reality when you <laughs> cast an illusion spell of first level or uh, higher you can choose one inanimate non-magical object that is part of the illusion and make that object real you can do this on your turn as a bonus action while the spell is ongoing that's kind of cool the object remains real for one minute. For example, you can create an illusion of a bridge over a chasm and then um, make it real long enough for your allies to cross. The object can't deal damage or otherwise directly harm anyone. Oh, that's dumb. I, uh, it, it, it is kind of a lackluster, you know, final feature. I no, would I mean, honestly rule that last sentence to be null and void, because if I'm going to make an object real... I, if you want to drop a gigantic boulder on somebody, I'm going to let the fall damage do its thing. Exactly. And, or you can and, create an illusion of a dragon's head and then make it real for a minute. I don't know if I would let the like fire damage from a dragon or something like that actually affect them. But if it's real, it can pick up a boulder. Yeah. So, yeah, stuff like that I would let. The other stuff, maybe I don't know. I, it depends on the situation. Yeah, because I still have to be a non-magical item. I would, I would argue that a dragon's head is magical, but you know. Yeah, that's true. That I agree with that. 
but yeah, but it, I, that is I, kind of lackluster. Yeah, it was cool up until that last sentence. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's School of Illusion. Uh, scores two out of ten from Thorn. Bone Daddy, what do you think of Illusion? Uh, five out of ten. Five out of ten. Um, yeah, I'm actually right there with you, especially at written, you know, rules as written. Five out of ten for sure. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites, School of Necromancy. <laughs> the School of Necromancy explores the cosmic forces of life, death, and undeath. As you focus your studies in this tradition, you learn to manipulate the energy that animates all living things. As you progress, you learn to sap the life force from a creature as your magic destroys its body, transforming the vital energy into magical power you can manipulate. I I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, if I had to play a wizard, it'd probably be this this school. Because I mean, who doesn't like dead things? Yeah, exactly. So and again, if- that Kermancy savant. Yep. Yep. Same. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Bone daddy. Grim harvest. At second level, you gain the ability to reap life energy from creatures you kill with your spells. Once per turn, when you kill one or more creatures with a spell of first level or higher, you regain hit points equal to twice the spell's level or three times its level the spell belongs to the School of Necromancy. You don't gain this benefit for killing constructs or undead, because they are already dead and have no life force. This is truly an insane second level. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. That's a lot for a second level ability. Yeah. I love it. I'm just going to heal. No worries. (laughs) We're going to hurt you and heal. We're good. Well, you have to kill the creature. So I guess if you're fighting like armies of people, you could just keep healing yourself. Yeah. Which is why necromancers are so awesome. Gross. As far and, as wizards. And so feared in ro- in role play most of the time. But yeah. That, yeah. I love it. This, this is why I chose the necromancy school of magic for butternut. Ah. Not because of the second you. <laughs> For the undead thralls, obviously. <laughs> uh at sixth level, undead thralls. You add the anima- uh, Animate Dead spell to your spell book if it is not already there. Uh, when you cast Animate Dead, you can target one additional corpse or pile of bones, creating another zombie or skeleton as appropriate. When you create an undead using a necromancy spell, it has additional benefits. The creature's hit point maximum is increased by an amount equal to your wizard level, and the creature adds your proficiency bonus to its weapon damage rolls. That's cool. That is cool. So listen, if you're going to go into a huge battle and you know it, just sit down and start creating this. Just mm-hmm. make undead thralls. They can come in handy and it's cannon fodder. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Next is inured to undeath. Beginning at 10th level, you have resistance to necrotic damage and your hit point maximum can't be reduced. Wow. You yeah. have spent so much time dealing with the undead that the forces that animate them that you have become inured to some of their worst effects. Holy crap. So if you get basically if you get hit with necrotic damage, you can't be hit. You can't be hurt. Well, you have resistance, so you take half damage, but then you still like your hit point maximum doesn't get reduced. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty badass. For I sure. think that last sentence also might prevent you from getting mummy rot. Oh, yeah. 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 That's what it is. I forgot about that. Huh. Next, like command that. the undead. 
Starting a fortune <laughs> bubble, you can use magic to bring undead under your control, even those created by other wizards. As an action, you can choose one dead that you see within 60 feet of you. That creature must make a charisma saving throw against <laughs> your spell save DC. If it succeeds, you can't use this feature on it again. If it fails, it becomes friendly to you and obeys your commands until you use this feature again. Intelligent undead are harder to control in this way. If the target has an intelligence of 8 or higher, it has advantage on the saving throw. If it fails the saving throw and it has an intelligence of 12 or higher, it can repeat the saving throw at the end of every hour until it succeeds and breaks free. Oh, good. I guess I can't make liches my, um... <laughs> my undead liches thing. your bitches? Liches my bitches. Liches your bitches. I mean, you could try. I could yeah. certainly try. <laughs> and it's never stopped you before. Yeah, probably this won't. This is true, yeah. But that's, <laughs> that's actually a really fun one for level 14. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. I like it. I like the whole necromancy thing. Watch yeah. this. Watch. I, I give it a, a six out of ten. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's shocked. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I also give it a six out of ten. I actually give this a nine out of ten. One of my favorite schools. It is pretty great. Yeah. This is one that I really like. The next one. Of course. School of Transmutation. You're a student of spells that modify energy and matter. To you, the world is not a fixed thing, but eminently mute eminently em eminently i can't pronounce that and you delight in being an agent of change you wield the raw stuff of, of creation and learn to alter both physical forms and mental qualities your magic gives you the tools to become a smith on reality's forge eminently mutable eminently mutable weren't you like an english major there you go. in a know. master's program yeah <laughs> <laughs> mutable because I can write things. That's why. <laughs> I can't read. I just write. I, just I can't write. speak any English. <laughs> I cannot speak it, but I can write it real good. <laughs> so, Transmutation Savant, same thing as all the rest of them. Half, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minor Alchemy, second level. When you select this school, you can temporarily alter the physical properties of one non magical item. Uh, changing it from one substance into another. You perform a special alchemical procedure on one subject composed entirely of wood, stone, but not gemstone, iron, copper, or silver, transforming it into a different one of those materials. For each 10 minutes you spend performing the procedure, you can transform up to one cubic foot of material. After one hour or until you lose your concentration as if you were concentrating on a spell the material reverts to its original substance. That's cool. It's kind of cool. It's more of an RP thing I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking of getting some wood and changing it to silver uh, to buy stuff. To buy stuff. And running away from town before he realizes that you gave him a bunch of wood. <laughs> there you go. Or you can have a wooden shield and turn it into a silver shield. Or you can have a wooden a wooden like toy sword and turn it into a silver sword and stab a werewolf in the gut. That's actually a really good point. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's really even just a regular steel sword and making it silver when you're working on, you know, fighting werewolves and any other kind of lycanthropes. Yeah. I like that. Good job, bad. Daddy. Yeah, that's good. You, <laughs> you, we we love you. Yeah. Or you can like you can have like a um, 
uh, you can have a, a werewolf swallow like a stone and like turn it silver. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, transmuter stone. Starting at sixth level, you spend eight hours creating a transmuter stone that stores transmutation magic. You can benefit from the stone yourself or give it to another creature. A creature gains a benefit of your choice as long as the stone is in the creature's possession. When you create the stone, choose the benefit from the following options. Dark vision out of the range of 60 feet, as described in Chapter 8, Adventuring. An increase of speed of 10 feet while the creature is unencumbered. Proficiency in constitution saving throws or resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder damage. Your choice whenever you choose this benefit. Each time you cast a transmutation spell, first level or higher, you can change the effect of your stone if the stone is on your person. If you create a new transmuter stone, transmuters, transmutator stone, the previous one ceases to function. So that's kind of cool. Uh, dark vision is kind of meh because most of the the races slash now species have dark vision, or at least you can get a feat that ha gives you dark vision. So that's kind of meh, but. The others are pretty cool. I like the proficiency in constitution saving throws. Yeah, no, and the resistance is good also, because, I mean, who doesn't want resistance to whatever dragon you're fighting? Exactly. Exactly. And then the fact that you can just cast another spell and change the effect, you know, that's like a mid-combat thing. Like, oh, shit, we need, you know, different resistance. Boom, there it is. Yep. And at 10th level, Shape Changer, you add the one of my personal favorite spells, yeah. Polymorph Spell, to your spell book. If it is not there already, you can cast Polymorph without expending a spell slot when you do so. You can target only yourself and transform into a beast whose challenge rating is one or lower. Once you cast Polymorph in this way, you, can do, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest, though you can still cast it normally if you have the available spell slots. Um, I do like this. I mean, it's Shape Changer. This, this whole school is basically Professor McGonagall. Mm -hmm. uh, and polymorph is by far one of my favorite spells, especially when you cast it on somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> I like but turning dragons into chickens. I like the idea of you know a druid showing off with its wild shape and a wizard at tenth level just being like, "I can do that too." Bam, <laughs> <laughs> <Just Bam>. polymorph. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> master transmuta. Starting at 14th level, you can use your action to consume the reserve of transmutation magic stored within your transmuter stone in a single burst. When you do so, choose one of the following effects. Your transmuter stone is destroyed and can't be remade until you finish a long rest. Major transformation. You can transmute one non-magical object, no larger than a 5-foot cube, into another non-magical object of similar size, mass, uh, and of equal or lesser value. You must spend 10 minutes handling the object to transform it. Uh, Panacea. Uh, you remove all curses, diseases, poisons affecting a creature that you touch with the uh, transmuter stone. The creature also regains all of its hit points. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, restore life. You cast the raise dead spell on a creature you touch with the stone without expending a spell slot or needing to have the spell in your spell uh, book. That one's cool. Restore youth. You touch the transmuter stone to a willing creature. That creature's apparent age is reduced by 3d10 years to a minimum of 13 years. This effect doesn't extend the creature's lifespan. Okay, I like this. That yeah, panacea. That, was cool. mm -hmm. that, yeah. pa that panacea is almost like a greater restoration. 
Um, yeah. I liked that a lot. And I mean, I would take the restore youth. And the major transformation, you can give people back their limbs. Nobody cares about that. Restore youth. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, you can give people back their limbs. It can, it just has to be non-magical in a five-foot cube. All you got to do is go to Tasha's. They have like magical limb replacements. So yeah, that's true. But you know, I gotta say, a five-foot cube, that's actually really big. Oh yeah, you can fit a <laughs> oh, lot of stuff can... in a five-foot cube. Wait, you can transform one non-magical object. So you, if somebody, if some like someone's head fits in a five-foot cube, you can turn it into wood. <laughs> I love how dark that went. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Can you imagine oh, that's this? Amazing. Like you got a just a guy is just a serial killer or something like that. You just go boom, and his head's wood, and he just falls over. Well, you have to handle him for ten minutes, and you know how I love handling serial killers. <laughs> well, in men. So, <laughs> yeah, it does have to be an object. So, uh, you know, I guess you have to either it has to identify as an object. I don't know. <laughs> like Bone Daddy. Oh, I identify <laughs> as an object sometimes. <laughs> an object of your affection. E. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. So, that is the last school in the players, in, in this player's handbook yep. of the wizards. Yep. So, honestly, through and I, I know I bag on wizards a lot, and I'm sorry. No, I'm uh, not trying to, to turn any a I'm apologizing, damn it. <laughs> oh why? Shush. I'm talking. <laughs> That's the whole object thing. He likes that. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I know I, I bag on a lot, but it is a, a valid class and, and I have played many, many wizards before. Uh, so what is your favorite school and what would you rate wizards overall as compared to the rest of the classes in the, in the player's handbook? Ooh. So obviously school of necromancy already said that wizards yeah, of course. versus the rest of the classes. Yikes. Um, I'll say six out of 10. It's above average for sure. Um, it absolutely depends on how you use your wizard because wizards can suck, but they can also be really good. I have seen and played with many uh, wizard characters that it works super well. Um, and then there's others like Bone Daddy being an enchantment wizard uh, and not being able to do shit all. <laughs> so I was a bard, first of all. <laughs> well, whatever. But enchantment, nonetheless. I can see it happening the same way, though. It's because I took a bunch of enchantment spells. I was like, I'm just going to enchant everything. Yeah. But yeah, that's my piece. Bone Daddy? Uh, my favorite one is the School of Invocation. Um, not Invocation. Uh, school of uh, Abjuration. There we go. I like the School of Abjuration. And the School of Abjuration, and I'd rate them 10 out of 10 in the Player's Handbook because they are my favorite class to play on top of Warlock. Okay, and, and I'm going to be honest here. So I rate Wizards about a 4 out of 10. Uh, they're not my favorite. I have played many Wizards, and I do enjoy them from time to time. Maybe not more when I'm a, a more advanced player because I, I, I seek the more simpler 
uh, mechanics when fighting now than I used to. But I would say that my favorite, of course, would probably be the necromancy. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just the necromancy is a lot of fun and there's a lot of good RP that can come out of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really to me, it's the best one out of the player's handbook, because when we get into Tasha's and I guess Xanathar's, hmm. uh, <laughs> it, it could get there's probably some better ones there, but I'll be honest, I haven't played a wizard and, and Tasha's and or Xanathar's, so I don't really know. Mm -hmm. War magic is really cool. Well, I mean, I played in a version of a, a war wizard uh, way back, I think in like 2E, but I was it was something I made up myself. So, you know, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. This 5E is to me has been the best so far. So, I mean, that's just the way it is. I will say transmutation is probably a close second for me. No, transmutation is pretty cool. Transmutation's fun. Um, I've played every single wizard in the player's handbook, um, and I've played all the other wizards. So, okay, just just to like an aside to our, I guess if we have fans, <laughs> we uh, Raven had asked our whole group, which is actually a pretty large group, what all of our favorite classes were, mm -hmm. and everyone's different. And got us these really bad Christmas sweaters, <laughs> and took a huh. I wore mine to work, <laughs> and took a picture of us for it. Yep. And it was it's on the Instagram for this dungeon is occupied. So you know check it out. We have all of our mine's rogue by the way, and uh, mine's warlock. Mine's dungeon master. Well, yeah, because he's the dungeon master <laughs> of our big campaign. So, but it, it works out really well and it looks really good. So please, you know, check out our Instagram, like it, you know, join and, and follow, please. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. And as a caveat, uh, you know, dungeon master is actually a class in the player's handbook. Um, it's the worst <laughs> one and the best one to choose. It is the most work intensive, but it it's rewarding rewarding if, yeah I, I think so i like it it's fun <laughs> i i like changing all of my anxieties into a game uh, <laughs> if we did terribly or if we did great email us at this dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com let us know uh how you liked this episode and let us know what other topics and other classes and homebrews and whatever else you want us to take a look at and discuss on an episode if you have a cool story about how uh you did a wizard better than bone daddy let us know and we'll read it on uh, the episode <laughs> uh and we'll even have you on and it was, that's, it was such that's, an underhanded dig <laughs> it was a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's that's uh, that's all, guys. It, no, it was very necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Love you too. And with that, guys, remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, and if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. 
Uh, also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind the scenes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.